Good morning. This is Mary Van Bon, and today I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 through 11 in the New International Version. So this is Paul, and he says, Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance." For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter." There are other versions that use words in verse 11 to describe godly sorrow, and those words are things like zeal and passion and deep longing. So for today's podcast, I really am just going to focus on one of those verses, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. And before I get into it, I wanted to just define a few of the words in those verses. So I looked up sorrow. Sorrow means sorrow, but it also has this flavor, pain, grief, annoyance, affliction. Repentance in this case means a change of mind. And salvation here is a word that is much wider that we, uh, than what we think of when we think of the word salvation. It's not just, I'm safe, I'm going to heaven, I've been saved. It means... Um, To be saved, delivered, kept safe, sound, rescued from danger or destruction, to be made whole. It's actually translated elsewhere in scripture, not just as salvation, but also as deliverance and in some places as health. So it's a wider word than just being saved. It means a fullness of life. And then death means death, either literal or a metaphorical loss of life. So I think of that as a way of living under oppression, depression, repression, heavy weights. It's a, it's a lowness of, of life. So the verse by definition then is saying something like um, godly sorrow, so godly pain, grief, annoyance, affliction will bring a change of mind that will lead to a safety, a rescue from danger, a making whole, a deliverance, a health, and it will not leave regret. But worldly sorrows, pains, griefs, annoyances, and afflictions will actually bring death, either physically or metaphorically. I use this verse quite often in my work as a counselor 
when uh, people come in, often what we're talking about is their sorrows, their pain, their griefs, the annoyances, the afflictions of life. And often what we do is we take a look at what they're thinking. What's their self-talk? What are they thinking? Does their thinking need to change? Because we can look at the what is produced by the thinking. So we look at the fruit. Is the thought process about the sorrow, pain, grief, annoyance something that's bringing life, fullness of life, rescue, wholeness, deliverance, health? Or is the thought process about the sorrow, pain, grief, annoyance bringing death, uh, oppression, depression, repression, a heavy weight? That helps us determine whether or not the thinking itself needs to be changed because we know that godly sorrow will bring a change of thought that will lead to salvation. And this is the kind of sorrow that God intends. Paul, when he's writing, he's actually excited at their response because he's saying the sorrow that you experienced, your response to the, the he was addressing their sins, but also um, the letters that caused pain and grief. He says that their response to the sin, the pain, the grief, the annoyance, the affliction was bringing him joy because it was as God intended. So it brought them to a fullness of life. Paul didn't write intending to point out uh, their sins and bring about discipline so that they would understand that they were just a worm and worthless and a sinful man, because that would actually just produce death and oppression, depression, repression. Essentially, I think it connects to hearing God. When we hear from him, what he speaks to us will always produce life. It will always lift up, bring us to salvation, to deliverance, to healing, to making whole. If it's not him, if it's coming from the world or elsewhere, it's going to produce death. It's going to oppress, repress, depress, weigh us down. It's heavy. You can almost use the response as a gauge. If we look at our thinking, then we look at the fruit of our thinking to determine which one is it producing, fullness of life or death. We will know whether or not we need a recalibration of our thinking, a repentance, because godly sorrow will cause us to change our minds and will lead us to be filled with the fullness of life, rescued from danger, kept safe, sound, delivered, healthy, made whole. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, your word is amazing. It answers every question. It deals with every issue. It brings us to fullness of life. So I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to greater understanding, Father, so that we would sorrow as you intended, so that we would take the afflictions, the griefs, the pains, the sorrows, the annoyances of life, that we would freely bring them to you to get your perspective, to get your angle, to get your understanding, that we would walk in the fullness of safety, rescue, and wholeness, and not in the weighted, heavy, oppressive, depressive ways of the world. We trust you. We love you. We give you our thoughts, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.